Frontier Missions Journal. Stories of hope for the unreached with Adventist Frontier Missions. Slip carefully. Genuine fake watches. Be careful of caution. (laughs) You may have seen the foreign signs that are simply just lost in translation. Lady picks some nuance of a phrase that gets jumbled and humorously presented. For example, please note, children on the rampage will be asked to leave. Illegally parked cars will be fine. Because you are dangerous, you must not enter. Or, let us do the bird's friend. Huh? Today, Brian Wilson, missionary in southern Thailand, gives us an in-depth insight into the inner workings of translating Christian text into Thai and Lao. Naturally, he'll want to avoid misunderstandings such as the ones I've mentioned. But it's even more involved than this. Let's let Brian explain in his story called Translation Ministry. Hi. My name is Brian Wilson. My wife, Duong, and I serve with Adventist Frontier Missions with the goal of bringing the gospel of Jesus Christ to people with a Buddhist background here in southern Thailand where we serve. Since we have served in Southeast Asia before and have experienced translating, we have been asked to work on several translation projects. The book Patriarchs and Prophets in Thai and the book Great Controversy in Lao. Bringing these books to publication is our primary focus during this phase of our project. Today I will share some brief thoughts on this translation portion of our ministry. One goal of translation is that each sentence needs to make sense. Perhaps you have seen a t-shirt from Japan or China with several sentences in broken English. After reading it several times, you walk away thinking, it almost makes sense and yet it doesn't quite. You can't quite put your finger on what the point is. This is a pitfall of many translations. Sometimes it looks like the translator chose the word order by putting all the words into a bowl and stirring before randomly selecting them. We try to avoid this. Each sentence needs to make sense with a clear point. But the ultimate goal of also having a spiritual impact so that each person will say amen after each sentence, after each paragraph. An online dictionary I use has a section that showcases how certain words are translated within published books, predominantly from genres like romance, sci-fi, and horror. Whenever I happen to look at this section hoping to find something useful, I'm left scratching my head at how far off the mark the translation is because a translator failed to understand the original text. This is because words have nuance and more than one meaning. An extreme example of this is from my dictionary app on my phone, which has 63 entries for the word get. Not only do English words often have more than one meaning, but Thai words also often have more than one meaning. And our goal is to find the right combination of words that don't create misunderstanding. To summarize this point, not only does each sentence need to make sense, but it also needs to be accurate. This brings me to the concept of cookies. If you take flour, eggs, sugar, 
oatmeal, raisins, and a few other ingredients, mix them all together, bake them in an oven, the final result is a cookie. Someone might ask, show me the sugar, or where did the egg go? I don't see it. And you can dissect the cookie, you can break it up, but where did the egg go? The same thing happens with words and translation. Our goal is not to provide an ingredient list. Our goal is that people taste the cookie. That means that there may be certain words from the original missing in the final translation. This is because we are not translating word by word. We are translating sentences. Sentences that need to convey the full meaning and flavor of the original. But the author didn't write in sentences. She wrote in paragraphs. This means that everything needs to flow. If the final translation is too choppy, the reader may feel like they are going over a bumpy road without shock absorbers. I imagine something like the Pony Express or something where you have to hang onto your teeth. They may put the book down and not gain any benefit from the truths that it contains. Part of the editing process is ensuring the entire text flows from one sentence and paragraph to the next. This sometimes means changing phrase or sentence order. The whole process needs to be bathed in prayer. I pray every time I begin translating for the day or when beginning an editing session with one of my editors. However, there are four specific instances when I need to stop, mid-work, put the pen down, close the computer, and pray. First, when I'm facing general brain fog. To change metaphors, there are times when it feels like each sentence is a journey through waist-deep snow and you're slogging along and you're not getting anywhere. Prayer helps to plow through. Prayer helps to lift the fog. Second, there are times when the original sentence is seven or eight lines of text with modifiers. This is not an exaggeration. You go through and you look at Patriarchs of Prophets or Great Controversy and look at the sentence length and there are times where the highest count I've had is eight full lines of text. Sometimes this comes with parenthetical thoughts and added appendages going every which way. Some sentences have triple and even quadruple negatives and double passives. How to even approach this, and, and especially with Ty, Ty does not like modifiers. And, you know, you, you can have one modifier, maybe two, but there's seven modifiers. And that's not an exaggeration either. There's seven modifiers in this text. And just putting a plural at the end of, of something is modifying it. And so how do, I, how do I do this? How do I even approach it? God has often helped me to untie the apparent Gordian knot in answer to prayer and to give proper weight and meaning to each phrase and each modifier in Thai. And that's important that the modifiers get the proper weight and that they don't over, overpower the main point. And so there's a subject and there's a verb and there's modifiers. Well, the modifiers need to be lighter somehow than the subject and the verb. You need to know what the subject is doing and then how they did it and you know what color or what the person was wearing that did it. Those are important, but the subject and verb need to have the proper weight. Everything has to have its proper weight. And in answer to prayer, God has helped me to do that um, many times. This is usually done by splitting sentences and reordering the phrases for clarity. And I have, at times, I felt the power of the Holy Spirit in this process. Sometimes you go through and you know God is with you, but other times there's been actual, you feel the power of the Holy Spirit. And I felt 
I don't know how Samson felt when he had the jawbone of the donkey and he was killing a thousand Philistines, but I have felt that, uh, what I would think is something like that in um, conquering these phrases. Although the phrases are not definitely of divine origin and not Philistine, <laughs> Philistine origin, but I hope you get what I get what I mean. I did bring up here uh, triple negatives and even quadruple negatives. I can't think of an example offhand of a quadruple negative, but something like seldom not unmindful is a triple negative. I don't know if it actually if this actual phrase occurs in the corpus, but something like that. That's a triple negative when you actually unpack it. Seldom is a, it has a negative concept to it. Not is obviously negative. Unmindful is negative, and so it becomes a triple negative. It has to be unpacked so that you can figure out, okay, now math helps with this. You could minus a negative by a negative one and turn a positive, and if you do the, through the whole sentence, you kind of flip the equation. But again, an answer to prayer. God has, uh, God has helped to unpack these. I don't have an example of a double passive offhand. They seem to be more rare, but I have seen them in the wild, and uh, they also are hair-raising at times. A third call to prayer comes when I have absolutely no idea what the sentence actually means. When reading something in English, or you're listening to a sermon, or listening to something, an audiobook, or re listening to the Read the Bible, or a, or a book, you know, you're nodding along, agreeing with what's being said. It all sounds very profound and everything until you're asked to explain it, or teach it, or translate it. And then you realize that you don't really know what it means. Sure sounded profound when I was lounging along listening to it, but now that I have to explain it, or now that I have to translate it, I'm not sure what it's referring to. But God is the source of all wisdom and knowledge. He still answers prayer today. Often insight has come and answered a prayer that has enabled me to translate what started out being obscure and confusing to me. The final area that stops me mid-work and calls me to prayer are sentences that specifically reflect on God's character. Sometimes I'm reading along and translating, and I come to a passage, a sentence, that is directly affects God's character. I feel like Moses and need to take off my shoes because I'm on holy ground. My prayer is, Father God, this sentence is about you. Please help me to reveal your character and translate in a way that people do not misunderstand you. I believe God hears and answers that prayer. Working on these translation projects, we have experienced firsthand Paul's warning in Ephesians 6.12, where he says, We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. I once read a book titled, God Spoke Tibetan, which documents the saga of how the Bible was translated into the Tibetan language. It took something like 90 years from start to finish, because as Paul said, we wrestle not against flesh and blood. There's a great controversy that goes on behind the scenes, and Satan contests every inch of ground. At the beginning of the year, we published the small book, Thoughts from the Mount of Blessings in Thai. Saying it now sounds ridiculous, but it took 10 months to have a typeset for printing. Like one of those nightmare dreams where you need to be someplace, but are forever trying to put on your socks or find your keys or something so that you're never actually able to get to where you're going in your dream. We had innumerable setbacks between us, the typesetters, and the printing house. 
Finally, I put out a call to prayer to our supporters, asked to please pray, as it seemed we were making three steps forward and two steps back. God heard those prayers, and we were finally able to print. Please pray for us and anyone you know working in translation ministry. Pray that we have clear minds and that God grants us the gift of translation. Pray that God keeps Satan's wolves at bay, allowing these projects to advance. Thank you. When you speak, time begins. When you speak, darkness ends. When you speak, you calm the noise. There is power in your voice and every single word that you say of me makes the old brand new is your holy truth for every sin of man you were the offering from death i rise i come alive you are my living hope you are my solid ground you are my victory i stand redeemed i'm no longer lost your love has called me found your grace has washed me clean i stand redeemed i stand redeemed standing redeemed in front of the god of the universe no longer lost god's grace has washed us clean Oh, what a day to look forward to. Friends, that day can come today. Jesus paid the price for our redemption. It has been done, accomplished, finished. All your sins forgiven, every one. All that waits is for you to give him your life, ask forgiveness, and accept the sacrifice that Jesus made for you. Won't you give him your heart today? Thank you for listening to Frontier Missions Journal. God bless.